Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight at 6, ESPN Television is going to show Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Joe Buck called that game on Fox, and now they're going to show it on ESPN. And Joe is with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It's always good to uh, hear the voice of the one and only Joe Buck. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Everything's good. Joe, you've known me for a long time. This is the first time in my life that I've had a job (laughs) where I get up in the morning to an alarm. And uh, Michelle will tell you I haven't been late yet. Well, I'm proud of you. I uh, these days get up in the, early in the morning to an alarm uh, that have human voices attached to them, and they're two-year-old twins. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for you. I'm not used to uh, being a daytime person or having to roll out uh, before, let's say, ten. But good God, this is a new this is a new frontier. So, Joe, how's quarantine life been with with two two-year-old twins that I'm sure are very active with you in the house all the time? (laughs) It's, you know, it's a lot. I mean, I I think everything, obviously, when we joke around, it all comes with a disclaimer that we understand people are, you know, fighting for for life and battling a virus. And and if you're a medical worker or a caregiver, I mean, it's this has got to be just beyond any anything you've ever experienced and then it comes down to how it is in your house and i can just say that uh, the walls are closing in my wife and i fight about six times a day uh these twins are driving us up a wall but it's great i mean it's on one hand it's it's tight on the other hand there's so many silver linings like having my daughters back in town and having my daughter's be here for family dinners and playing Monopoly and doing things like it's 1968 and you're having kind of this typical family dinner, family unit situation and they're getting to know their brothers and they're just devouring them. They love them so much. So, you know, with no traveling and and here every day, on one hand, it's like, what what is going on, obviously, and, and who knows when this whole thing lifts. But on the other, uh, this is time that we're putting in in front of our boys' faces that is so valuable that it's 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 the one side of it that you look at and kind of smile about because I would not be having all this time with them if not for uh, this quarantine. You're also spending a lot of time in front of a computer screen and with cameras in the house. Could you ever have imagined that the Buck home would be such a studio with TV shows <laughs> and things with the blues and uh, you're doing videos with uh, so many people? Man, it's amazing. I am so sick of the word Zoom, I could throw up. Uh, Zoom, when I was a kid, was a show on Channel 9 that originated out of Boston with, you know, kind of this funky cast of kids and talking about kid issues. And, yeah, that's so people of a certain age remember that show. Now Zoom is, is like, oh, my God, I got another Zoom call, and I'm sitting at my desk, and 
it's fun. I mean, there's a lot of fun attached to it. And my wife and I, Michelle, uh, we're doing this show on Fox that is, is fun to do, uh, that celebrity watch party, which we're not really sure we're celebrities. And we're reminded of that because we're barely in the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, whether we're mixing in between Rob Lowe and Master P and uh, the Osbournes, we have our little take on different things that they send us to watch. But yeah, I, I never imagined that, that life would be like this or we could uh, adjust maybe this fast, you know, that, that a show pops up like this or Zoom calls and everybody adjusts and they figure out a new route to getting things done. And this is definitely a new route, one I, I never uh, – This my house was kind of sacrosanct of, of, of trying to be away from all that stuff, and now it's the center of it all. Joe, you're right. We never could have imagined life like this. And I think a lot of people couldn't have ever imagined life without sports. And we realize just what an empty void there is without sports in our lives. And so one of the things that we've been doing is we've been watching old classic games that bring us joy in the absence of the joy that sports brings us. So we've been uh, watching that Game 6, 2011 game several times, and we're very excited that it's again going to be played on ESPN tonight. But Randy and I were just talking about that game before you joined us, and I asked Randy if that's the greatest baseball game he's ever seen, and we want to pose that question to you. Obviously, you have watched a million baseball games. You have been there with a front row seat to many major moments in history, but where does that game, Game 6, 2011, rank for you? One. Um, It's... It's number one just because of the twists and turns, and it was kind of an ugly game early and really weird errors, and uh, both benches were exhausted, and the Cardinals obviously down to their last strike twice and rallied in the ninth to tie it, rallied in the tenth to tie it. And and I do remember in this, I'm sure a lot of people have heard me say this or maybe heard him say this, but, man, it was sure true that when I went into LaRusse's office the next day, I don't think it was after that game. I think everybody was worn out and just, just got out of there as fast as they could uh, to prepare for Game 7. I know I did. But going in there the next day, talking to Tony, he said, you know, that, that was unbelievable. That's the greatest. You know, he told me that's the greatest game I've ever seen. But it, it will go down as one of the best World Series games only if the Cardinals win Game 7. And – I think that's true. I think everybody would look back and go, wow, what a game. But the Rangers won game seven. It didn't really matter. It just got one more game uh, out, of, out of the series. So I, I, I agree with that. I think we know what it leads to, and that's the cool part of it all. Uh, who knew that that would be it for Tony and, and life would change really with the Cardinals after that. But I think that game – just because you had a team backed up like that a couple of times and down at home facing elimination, that's really hard to top. I, I, I've thought about it many times, and I, don't, I just don't think for a singular game there's a better game that I've ever seen in baseball. And Joe, because the game was played at Bush Stadium, that gave you the opportunity, and I've told you this, I, I believe you're the best at letting the pictures and the crowd tell a story and letting, not talking over. Nobody could ever accuse Joe Buck of talking too much during a telecast. It'll be really weird doing games without the crowd noise and without the pictures of the crowd to tell a story. I agree, and uh, I obviously got a lot of headlines last week when I said, by the way, the same thing I've been saying for the last month, including on HBO Real Sports, that it's my opinion 
Uh, and it's the opinion of, of people that I work for at Fox that any way they can find over the next, and, and they've been working on it up to this point, but over the next couple of months, to normalize a broadcast for viewers at home, that's our job. And, and that's, this is entertainment, too. And, and having it be anything less than what it could be because you're worried about uh, any sort of backlash about fake crowd noise, I, I just don't think that holds water. There is no traditional take on this because we've never been in this situation before with national television and and potentially completely empty stadiums so they're going to try things in in uh kind of a petri dish see what works see what doesn't see what feels right see what doesn't and try to come up with as normal of a mix as they can and and i think i think every network i know fred Gadelli at nbc has been quoted about looking at the very same things and I'm assuming ESPN and CBS are doing the same. I mean, we have a product to put out on television that uh, that advertisers buy into, and, and trying to make it as entertaining, as exciting as we can is, is really our job. So whatever works, works. Whatever doesn't, and, and it's determined it's, it just doesn't feel right, they'll throw away. But that, that's really our job as, as network people to try and figure out a way to, to best do it if the stadiums are empty. And at this point, it looks like they will be. Joe, I have another question for you about Game 6. You have such an important role in that game. You have the iconic call, we'll see you tomorrow night. It, it meant so much to St. Louis. That call obviously has so much meaning. And to have you deliver it when a hometown kid has a walk-off in a World Series game to propel them to Game 7, it was honestly such a perfect moment. But I wondered with you, with that call, was that something that you kind of had in your back pocket that maybe you would want to use in a situation like that in that game? I know Tim McCarver mentioned it in the third inning. Is it something in the third third inning that then you kind of got the idea or just in that moment did it organically come to you to use that call i i think that seed was probably planted by tim earlier in the game although i will tell you that when my dad died in 02 uh later that year it was uh a game seven in a world series uh that was forced and i was there calling it and i said it that year really is a tip of the cap to my dad um and then in 04, when uh, David Ortiz hit a home run, I believe, if I'm remembering all this right, I you said, are. we'll see you later tonight mm-hmm. because the game lasted well past midnight and it forced another game. Obviously, the, the Red Sox were down in that series, and every time they won a game, you, you knew you were going to have another game. And then I, I hadn't said it since then. And I think that seed was planted by Tim, and you're right. I, I, that's how I looked at it, that it was a St. Louis kid hitting it to force a game seven. Um, if my dad were alive, he would have been in the booth right next to me, probably would have thought the very same thing. And I know it would have been an emotional moment for my dad calling that on Cardinals radio. And, you know, I, I've talked a billion times about having to play it as neutral as I can when I do national broadcasts, no matter who the two teams are. Uh, but that was kind of a, a moment, really, that, that I thought fit the call. And, and I, no, did I have it sitting there like, man, if David Freeze gets into one here leading off, 
uh, the 11th. I'm going to use we'll see you tomorrow night. It just as you as you track from where I sit, the center fielder going back and then his shoulders kind of slump and he gives up on it. That's what you kind of read as an announcer and uh, knowing that that ball was going to end up in that grassy area out in center field, it just kind of came out of my mouth. And, and then, you know, you, you just sit back and, and watch the place go nuts and freeze, throw his helmet between his legs and come down the third baseline. It is pretty amazing when you think about it, isn't it, that I think Big Fox has shown that game, FS1 has shown that game, FS Midwest. Now ESPN, as Michelle mentioned, the Cardinals streamed it right when everything started and the world got shut down, and you you put it as number one. I think a lot of people have it as number one. Otherwise, they wouldn't be showing it as much as they are. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the, the fact that ESPN is showing it, although they've shown other games, um, including that 04 uh World Series, or I guess it was the LCS that they showed more of on ESPN for sure that I'm aware of because I flipped it on, just kind of came across it. And I was shocked that it was Tim and me calling it because typically our voices aren't, you know, they'll, they'll do anything. They'll, they'll take the, uh, you know, a foreign broadcast and put those voices on it before they'll put the Fox guys on there on ESPN. But there we were, uh, in uh, game four of the ALCS, the the one that kind of sparked it all for the Boston Red Sox and the, the big hit by St. Louis and Billy Miller and the stolen base by Dave Roberts and everything that went into that. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. We would not have the attention during a pandemic or a quarantine if, if uh, people outside St. Louis didn't think it was a great game too. Hey, Joe, all of us are self-critical as broadcasters, especially when we hear ourselves. When a game pops on, especially an older game, do you self-scout yourself? Yeah, for a little bit. I think the best thing that, and I would tell any young person getting into this business, it's hard to listen to your own voice. It's hard to listen to your own stuff. It's It's a lot harder to listen to it right after you're finished. So, let's say that night game six, I didn't run home and listen to any of it. I I think a little bit of time, a little bit of distance from in this case, 2011 really gives you an honest way to watch your own stuff. So when I go back and and if, you know, they play a world series game from 96, so they're playing an LCS game from Oh four. It's a lot more enjoyable for me to watch because I'm not, I don't remember all the thoughts I had at the time, like what I wanted to say and what I didn't or where we wanted to a stat we wanted to get in and something happened and changed the direction or the flow of the game. So when I, when I'm right out of it, it's almost an unfair listen because I know too much and I'm not listening to it like a normal fan would or just somebody casually watching on their couch. So it's the old stuff that I enjoy a heck of a lot more than the most recent stuff because it's too fresh. Like, I'm not going to go bo- go back and watch last year's Super Bowl uh, maybe for another five years uh, because I, I just want to have a, a realistic, almost first-time view of it because I, it, a lot of it will be gone uh, from my memory about what I was thinking at the time. Hey, I got one more thing for you. We were both watching, and I did at your behest, the Game 7 between the Blues and the Red Wings in 1997, 1996. It was on NHL Network the other morning. And after Eisenman scored the goal, it didn't break my heart as badly as it used to before the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Did you feel differently watching the end of that game like I did? Yeah. 
My God, yeah, completely. <laughs> um, because you know what's coming, and and it made last year all the more special. But but I think it also made last year all the more special because you go back and you look at that team and you go, Jesus, they were loaded. I mean, they had so many stars on that team and really great players and a kid and Pronger and a vet and McKinnis and you know Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hall and all these different pieces that were there and they didn't win and and like you and I were texting after that goal by Iserman yeah was it was he well away from the net I don't know you know the exact footage 55 feet 55, or whatever yeah. it was 55 feet but I mean you can't take a better shot in that moment to put it over the right shoulder of John Casey and under the crossbar. I mean, that was, it was the perfect shot. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't on the doorstep and it wasn't like, okay, yeah, they win. It was heartbreaking because he was well away from the net, but my God, that shot was a rocket. (laughs) And, and it was, uh, you know, I I don't know who was going to stop that. Yeah. Grant Fuhrer wasn't, nobody was. No, that's the thing. It, it, and and we all look at at events like that. You go, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh, you know, if only this, if only that. If only Vince Coleman doesn't get rolled over by the tarp. You know, obviously they're going to win. Who who knows? I mean, they, these, and that's kind of the whole analytics. I mean, you could do a you could do a seminar on this. Analytics are great and obviously a huge tool for all professionals, even even amateur sports at this point. But you can never discount the human element. You can never discount the look in somebody's eyes. You can never, you know, discount somebody that didn't sleep the night before because maybe they were up with a sick baby or they're fighting with their spouse or whatever it is. There's all these are people. And I used to laugh at Larusa when, you know, somebody wouldn't come through and he just every time these are men, not machines. Mm-hmm. These are men, not machines. But you know what? There's a lot of truth in that. And and machines, yeah, analytics would be. 100%. But they're not machines and and there are a lot of elements involved. So who knows? But you, you, John Casey skated off that ice like god I blew it and I'm sure now with a little distance he looks back and goes it's a hell of a shot and and he had a hell of a game and and they were that close to going to the next round but you know what they're men, not machines. There you go. Hey, it's always great to hear your voice. We appreciate you taking some time this morning. Uh, take care of those kids and uh, say hi to Michelle and have a great day. You say hi to Michelle. Michelle, are you there? You're Michelle. Oh, huh? no, you're, you're this, Michelle. This Michelle. Michelle, say hi to Joe. Yeah, Michelle. Yes. We, Hello, we, Michelle. We've got a lot of Michelles working here. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Have a good one, Joseph. See you later. All right, bye.